Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to a Spark Special. In collaboration with Sailor Jerry's Spiced Rum. To celebrate the legacy of the man himself, Norman Sailor Jerry Collins, we're bringing you stories on the theme of All In. This podcast is for over 18s only. Ladies and gentlemen, take your seats and welcome to Open Word Spark in collaboration with Sailor Jerry's. Yes, thank you. Spark is Britain's first true storytelling club. We tell true stories all around the country. We're actually going to tell you a story in a minute, but not before I've introduced Gravy, who is going to tell you a little bit about what we're doing today with Sailor Jerry. So please give it up for the wonderful Gravy, ladies and gentlemen. What's up, Glasgow? My name is Gravy. I am the global brand ambassador for Sailor Jerry Spiced Rum. So I'm going to let you guys know why we teamed up with Spark. Sailor Jerry was an iconic tattoo artist who uh, post-World War II set up shop in Hawaii. A really cool thing about Sailor Jerry is that he was a real person. He unfortunately passed away in 73. So when I travel the globe, I always have these moments that I uh, call popping my Sailor Cherry, where I run into veterans where they come up to me with true passionate stories about meeting Sailor Jerry, getting tattooed by Sailor Jerry, and going all in with Sailor Jerry. One that sticks out in my brain is running into a uh, gentleman from the Navy who was 99 years old on his birthday. Uh, We were doing a beach barbecue program out in uh, South Carolina, somewhere in the States, and he came up to me with tears in his eyes. He'd seen our backdrop, he saw all of our promotional materials, and he saw a book that we have that displays the life and legacy of Sailor Jerry. And he comes up to me with tears in his eyes, and I'm like, what's going on, buddy, what's going on? He's like, man, Norman Collins was a badass. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, I used to go hang out at his shop. Norman Sailor Jerry Collins had a pet monkey in his tattoo shop. True story. Um, there's a um, little picture of Romeo, the, the monkey, and that was his pet shop monkey that he had in his tattoo shop. So sailors would come in and get these stories told on them through tattooing. You know, whether it was the swallow bird that meant 5,000 miles at sea or the anchor that meant, you know, being steadfast and being grounded, or the pinup girl, because being out in sea at war, sometimes you were lonely and you're amongst a bunch of guys. So the only kind of entertainment you could have is maybe getting a tattoo of a pinup girl. So that's just giving you guys why we are teaming up with them, because also Sailor Jerry was an advocate for speaking out his mind. He had a radio show called The Old Ironsides about his truths, his stories. So that's why we teamed up with Spark to showcase the versatility and the diversity of the Sailor Jerry brand. 
Cool. You can follow you can follow me at Gravy on the Rocks. No, my birth certificate does not say Gravy. It says Daniel Thomas. So I'll get quickly into where the name Gravy came from. How I got that nickname is embarrassing, but true. Um, used to have a longer goatee, dreadlocks, so on and so forth. I come from working in music. I used to tour manage for a lot of different bands. So one night I'm liquid encouraged and I'm eating a turkey sandwich that had a lot of gravy. But I kept missing my mouth and gravy just kept compiling in my goatee. But no one in the entourage had the decency to tell me. They just wanted to run a joke on me. So gravy's just compiling in my goatee and just drying up and drying up after two or three hours. And I'm still drinking. So now it just looks terrible. So uh, the guy from Virgin Records is like, go give these ladies some passes and tickets, so on and so forth, to the next night's show. So I go up. I'm young. I'm confident. I'm like, yeah, cool, 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 cool. No one tells me I have this gravy just dangling, you know, dangling from my goatee. <laughs> I go over, give them passes, and I think me and this one have it, have a little connection. So I, I go in and try to give her a little smooch. She grabs my forehead, brings her finger all the way down, rubs it through my goatee, swags it like this, and goes, no, but it's all gravy, baby. <laughs> True story. Dude was like... That's your nickname because your job is to keep everything smooth. So you're going to rock out gravy for the rest of your life. I was like, I'll take that. And I took it. And it's been my story and my nickname for so on and so forth. So thank you very much. What a great story from gravy, ladies and gentlemen. Quite rightly, he mentioned that our theme tonight is all in. Taylor Jerry's is all about being all in. And that's why, as you came in, we may have been giving these slips to fill out. Uh, so this is a way that you can get your story read anonymously from the stage. Here is an example. Tell us about a time you totally committed to something, i.e. went all in. And what was the result? I invested all my savings into Bitcoin. What was the result? I'm rich. Thank you for the person. <laughs> Find out who the person is tonight, maybe. Uh, <laughs> Tell us about a time you totally committed to something, i.e. went all in. I asked my best friend to marry me. What was the result? She said no. <laughs> Without further ado, I'm going to introduce the first storyteller. Please, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for the wonderful Charlie Harrison. <laughs> so my 10th birthday was the best birthday ever. My 11th birthday was the worst. So when I was 10, I had a party and it was the best thing for me, or kind of like a really monumental moment, because my grandma gave me a £50 note. Like, I'd never seen one before, like a big red £50 note. And it felt like power in my hands. Uh, <laughs> and I sort of, she said to me, I mean, my parents didn't know they, that she'd given it to me. She said, you, you can spend this money on whatever you want, right? And when I was 10, all I wanted was a best friend. That's all I wanted. And when I realised that money can't really buy friends... I went to the next best thing and I went down to the local pet shop and I bought myself a pet rat. Has anyone ever had a pet rat? You did. How was it for you? Best thing ever. She's quite right. People were like rats. Amazing pets. Like he was my best friend, right? We went around everywhere together. We were like Bonnie and Clyde. He sat on my shoulder. He was under my sleeve the whole time. It was just a wonderful existence. I had this best friend. His name was Wilbur. Six months in, me and Wilbur are having a lovely time. We're talking a lot. We're, we're getting on loads. And my whole world turns upside down. My mum 
announces to the very con- sort of conservative family home, two children, lovely house, uh, that she's leaving. Not only is she leaving, but she's leaving to become a lesbian, right? Not only is she leaving to become a lesbian, she's leaving to become a lesbian with like someone from the parish church, like that my dad knows that used to come around for Sunday dinner. So cue just massive like chaos in the household. My dad having a nervous breakdown. Awful. Me and my mum have to move out. We have to go and live with her friend down the road. And the most tragic part of it all, this friend we move in with hates rats. So the rat has to go elsewhere. My mum has an idea. She says, why don't we give the rat to Janet? This is Janet from another planet, her lesbian lover. She says... We can give it. And I think in her head, this was like a bonding thing, right? A building of a bridge between this woman who had kind of come in and broken up the family. So she can have the rat in her office and then you can go and visit it. I thought, okay, cool. You know, I was just trying to get on with everyone. So that's fine. So I go on, six months go by, living in this house, which is my mum's friend. She's got a kid that I have to share a house with. It's pretty bleak. I don't have my rat uh, around. My best friend's gone. And then until the woman that we're living with, Val, her name was, it's coming round to my 12th birthday. And she comes up to me and she says, I know it's been a difficult year for you. So you're very welcome to have a party here. And just as a special treat, right, Wilbur can come. So I'm like, brilliant. It's going to be the best party ever. I start writing all the invites to you. Know, I didn't have many friends at the time, so it was like mainly to like my mum's friends. Uh, <laughs> Wilbur, and because it was my birthday but I'd also got the rat for kind of the birthday a year before. I kind of like pitched it as like a joint birthday thing. So it was like Charlie and Wilbur's birthday. Sent out all the invites, got everything ready, got a fuse bar, like a chocolate bar, and put writing icing on it, Wilbur, candles in there. Really excited. Told people to bring presents. Wonderful. I'm so excited about my birthday when I'm 11. It's just the best thing ever. So it's like five sleeps, four sleeps, three sleeps, two sleeps, one sleep. So, so excited. We get in the car, me and my mum. I'm so, so excited. We're going to go and pick up the rat and we're going to go home and we're going to have this beautiful, beautiful birthday party. And I'm kind of like running into the office and I'm like super, super excited. And I'm sort of in a silly mood. So I start singing to the rat and kind of to me, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy. I put my hand in the cage and he's sort of still. Um probably getting ready for disco nap or something. Happy birthday, dear Wilbur. The rat's dead. And that's not where the tragedy is, right? Because then, of course, I have to sit in the car, in my mum's car, going to the worst birthday party ever with a dead rat in a cage to go to this supposed joint birthday party with this rat and I'd been like kind of it was a difficult time for me that year I'd been very brave and I just remember in that moment like a year of tears just spread over me and I was just sort of devastated and um the reason I thought of this story is because I've been looking over old diaries and things like that and I just found this this like scribbled angry 11 year old writing that said 10 reasons I hate Janet from another planet Number one, she killed my rat. (laughs) So you can probably tell from that story, the theme can be kind of shoehorned. I meant to say the uh, the party was where I went all in. So um, I'm going to bring on the first storyteller in just a minute, but not just before some of your anecdotes. Here we go. Tell us about a time you totally committed to something, went all in. 
The time I quit my job to go to Download Festival and ended up drunk, poor and filthy in a field in England. Tell us about a time you totally committed to something, went all in. I moved to Glasgow for a man. Oh, who's this? Uh, Result, not with a man anymore, but found the woman of my dreams. (laughs) Woo! Round of applause for that person, whoever they are. Let's welcome our first storyteller. Please welcome to the stage, Dave, ladies and gentlemen. So when I went away to university uh, 18 years ago, I was quite damaged from my teenage years. I'd been really bullied at school. You won't believe it, right? Who'd bully me? And I was like the kid in the school that had the nickname, that got spat on in the hallways, that wasn't treated like a proper human being, right? That's what I was. And so when I went to university, I went all in, right? I was like, I am going to be the most me ever and I am going to like not give a fuck about anybody else. I'm just going to be so me. Being so me meant that I went all in on being a complete dick, right? So on the first day, it was like 8.30 in the morning, right? And I was meeting the other people from my creative writing workshop. So I was there with my back against the wall, a big, well, you don't even get them these days, but a big broadsheet newspaper, which used to exist, which kind of covered my entire, uh, you couldn't see me, basically. I was holding this newspaper up in front of me and I was reading it. And this girl came and kind of joined the group and she was feeling awkward because it was the first day of university. And she was like, oh, it's quite early, isn't it? And I popped down the newspaper, stuck my face over the, the top of it and went, I like to start every week with writing and like hid myself again. So that is how that girl whose name was Jen, that's how she met me. Uh, And quite reasonably, she stopped thinking about me as soon as possible, right? I was a complete dick. And so she didn't really think about me that much. But, you know, you can't not think about someone completely if you're in a creative writing workshop with them every week. Uh, And so, you know, we kind of got to know each other and, like, I I read her writing. I really liked it. Um, But she and me kind of became aware of each other a bit more as time went on. Um, So... I wanted to go all in with her uh, as soon as possible if I could work out how. So I, you know, I danced at her at a nightclub. Don't try that. It won't work. Well, it did kind of work for me, but it's still not something to do. But I danced at her until she kind of like had to sort of dance near me. And then I kind of asked her for for a phone number. And I think to get rid of me, she gave me her phone number. The next day, sort of 7.30 in the morning, I rang her up on her phone. Um, so she was quite kind of, well, she'd just been woken up. So she didn't really know what to do. So she just said yes to going on a date with me. Now, in the time between when I phoned her and when I went on that date with her, a weird thing that has never happened to me ever before or after in my life happened to me, which was there were two other women who were also kind of interested in me. So I kind of went to this date uh, in an unusually confident frame of mind, but also it was very low stakes. Uh, So when I kind of met her for that date, she said, oh, you know, I just want to say, I actually don't want to go out with you, but we can go for a drink anyway. And I was like, brilliant, excellent. That sorts my problem out because I had these three girls and now there's only two. That's great. Let's go for a drink. So we went for a drink. And the thing is, we didn't just have a drink. We also had a conversation and we just couldn't stop 
talking to each other. And, you know, when the pub closed, we carried on walking and we walked for a long chunk of the night. And at the end of the, that, I sort of said to her, you know what? I know I said at the beginning of the night I had three girls, but I'm not interested in anybody but you. So if you want to go out with me again, that'd be great, but I'm not going to be going out with any of those other people. Um, and so, yeah, we did go out again. Uh, and, you know, again, we, we talked and we talked and we talked. And that night we had a kiss on a swing, which we fell off as soon as we kissed, which I think is romantic, but also as ridiculous as my life generally is. So, yeah, we went all in. Right. So that was like the second term of university. So we've been together now for 17 years uh, in like last Valentine's Day. So and, and so it, it was completely all in. Uh, but when you do have a 17-year relationship, you know, it's not easy all the time. Things go backwards and forwards and all of those kinds of things. And so after 11 years, me and Jen had another conversation where we were like, you know what, we got together when we were, you know, I was 19, you were 18, and we haven't slept with other people. And what could stop us from staying together for the rest of our lives? And we realized the thing that would stop us from staying together was if one of us had an affair and had a secret and, and slept with someone else in secret. And so we decided to open up our relationship and that was six years ago. So it, ha- it has worked out quite well. Although I should say, opening up your relationship does not mean you have any more sex than you're having. It just means that you can uh, potentially have more sex than you're having if you want to uh, and you've got the time, <laughs> which I very rarely have the time. And so, yeah, like we started that conversation back then, back 17 years ago, and we just, we haven't stopped this conversation. And this story, it doesn't really have an end because I don't really want it to have an end uh, until the final end, and hopefully I'll die first. Thank you, Dave, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. What a lovely story of love. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. We're now going to hear from someone from the audience. So give all your love for our next storyteller, who is Hayley. Give it up for Hayley. This was a thing that happened to me when I was 16. And it was my first boyfriend. 
And it was very still, very early stages of relationship. I was very nervous all the time because the first time ever. And we were just getting to know each other. And it was like fourth or fifth month in. And I was staying over at his dad's house with him. And his dad was called Gordon and he was terrifying. And he's a very stern, stoic man. I'm very much not that. And I was just very scared of him the whole time. And the night that I stayed over, we had Chinese food. And it was very greasy. And I ended up having a stomach bug from it. (laughs) So I stay over. And then the day after, Robbie leaves in the morning to go to school. I I am dying, like holding my stomach, feeling so ill. So um, I stay at home in his dad's house. And uh, Robbie's like, it's okay. You can stay here. My dad's gone to work. Like, you can just sit and watch TV and I'll be back home, like, by five or whatever. I was staying in, like, bed all day, just feeling sorry for myself. And I said, right, I'm going to pet myself up. I'm sweating loads because I've got a stomach bug. So I decided to go for a shower. (laughs) And so I go to the shower that's downstairs. So I'm going back upstairs. um, And I'm just in a dressing gown at this point. So obviously I'm naked underneath the dressing gown. And um, (laughs) and as I'm, like, walking up the stairs, going back to Robbie's bedroom... I start getting like the, oh my God, I'm going to throw up, I'm going to throw up. And I'm like, fuck, what do I do? What do I do? The bathroom downstairs is too far away by this point. I'm like, I can't run there. The only other bathroom that's near is Robbie's dad's ensuite. It's just a really nice bathroom. Um, and it's just over there. So I quickly s- sprint to it and I like go over the toilet seat. I'm throwing up everywhere and just, it's really, really bad. And as I'm throwing up, like I said, like I said before, I'm naked, obviously, in the dressing gown. And as I throw up, my stomach begins to rumble <laughs> as well. And on my other, my bottom side, out comes this <laughs> a mass of really runny diarrhea <laughs> all over the bathroom floor. And, was, and by this point, I'm just too busy, like, throwing up to even care. So it's just both coming out in both ends. I'm just trying to grab onto the toilet and be like, how do I get out this mess? Finally, everything comes out and I look across the floor and there's just shit everywhere. And I'm like, what the fuck do I do? So, so the bit, like the nearest, I, I'm trying to mop up with like kitchen towel and paper towels and it's not working. So I'm like, what's the nearest thing that's like I can mop this up with? And I look towards the bath mat and I'm like, right, okay, okay. So I just like grab it and like scoop as much as I can. As long as it's with all like the, like the shitey like toilet paper. And I'm like sort of carrying it around the house. I'm like, where do I put this? I can't wash this. Like, they're going to smell it everywhere. So I just like take it outside and like, I just sort of fling it over the fence into the neighbor's gardens. <laughs> Febreze the house. And then like, since then, they will never know that story and they never will. And I'm very glad that relationship is over. Thank you, Hayley. Amazing. Like that typifies, you can hear stories about anything in a night like this uh thank you very much Haley. of your story of all out i like that as well all out okay now we're going to hear from emma give it up for emma she is have any of you guys ever heard of a place in glasgow called drum chapel does that mean anything to any of you yeah um, so went to school in Drumchapel and we re- used to read about ourselves in the modern studies textbooks about how we were all going to die really young. But something really good happened to our school and that's when a whole group of refugees arrived. So when the refugees arrived in Drumchapel High School, the school grades went up because everyone actually wanted to go to class 
and learned and it, you know it just kind of gave us all a wee boost we started making friends with the refugees we'd talk about forgetting our school kit um, I would visit my pal Amal's house and I'd get amazing samosas from her mum oh my god it's the only reason I'm still pals with her honestly um, amazing time so I've, I'm lucky enough to have pals from all over the world um, from Iraq and Somalia and Poland all thanks to going to Drumchapel High School and we heard some of their stories about their journeys to Scotland, like Abdullah's story, even how he got here. He left Afghanistan and he spent three months travelling to Scotland. And that was a pretty scary time because you put your life in the hands of people smugglers and you really don't know what's going to happen to you. So although he came from quite a wealthy background, his dad was a politician, he really didn't know if he was going to make it to Scotland or not. It, you know, one time in a boat, he told me that they, they had to be really quiet and the people smugglers said no one no one make a noise we're going to be traveling in the dark and a baby kept crying and uh, they, they said to the mother look you're going to have to shut your baby up shut your baby up or we're going to get caught here and the baby kept crying and so they just took the baby and threw the baby into the water and let the baby die and so this is some of the traumas that people are facing just on the journey to Scotland. And we heard all about this at Drumchapel High School and we really bonded over it. You know, even the Neddy boys, uh, you know, would be like, that, that's fucking terrible what happened to them. And, you know, they, they kind of got involved. And so you can imagine how shocked and upset we were when my friend Agnesa, who I was in art class with, was taken away in a dawn raid by the Home Office. She'd been here for five years. Our wee brother spoke with a Scottish accent and we were all pals. We'd talk about makeup and everything like that. But one day I went to school and Agnesa wasn't here anymore. The Home Office had decided that it was safe for her to go back to Kosovo. She was a Roma gypsy. And so her and her family basically were done raided by the Home Office. And what that means, if you don't know, is the Home Office turn up at your door at six o'clock in the morning with police officers they bang in the door, they break down the door, they handcuff your mum and dad in front of you, they wake you up, they take you out in your pyjamas, they take your phone off you and put you in a van and you don't know where you're going. You can't call a teacher for help, you can't call a friend, you're basically just putting your life in their hands. And so Agnesa and her family were put in a van to Yarrowswood Detention Centre in England this happened on a Sunday. She couldn't even get her lawyer or anything like that. And she was taken away from us. So when we went into school on Monday and heard what had happened, I was like, oh my God, Agnesa, but she's been here so long. She's a Roma gypsy. She's persecuted in Kosovo. You know, anything could happen to her. So we thought, what can we do? Like, we lassies for drum chapel. Like, we don't know about politics and all that. What are we going to do? And so we decided to start a petition. We thought, well, we'll try and do something. We'll try and get our pal back. And so we got everyone in the school to sign this petition. You know, as I said, even people you think wouldn't even care. Everyone agreed it was shocking that children were being locked up in a jail in a detention centre. Everyone signed the petition. And we thought, right, we'll just we'll send it to politicians and see what happens. So we sent it to our politicians and we got invited to the Scottish Parliament. We're like, oh my God, oh, Scottish Parliament? Okay. And so we went to the Scottish Parliament and on the way there, we got a call from Jack McConnell's office. He was the first minister at the time. And he said, I want to meet these girls from Drumchapel High School. 
So here we are being called into the First Minister's office at the Scottish Parliament, not knowing what we're going to say. There's media everywhere. The BBC is wanting to talk to us about our pal Agnesa from Drumchapel High School, and we're thinking, oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. So we kind of said our piece and said, you know, how we thought it was ridiculous that children as young as five were being put in detention centres, their parents were being handcuffed in front of them. And we made our point, and Jack McConnell supported us. So after that, we just kind of went on a wee mission and we just, we spoke at lots of community centres, um, we spoke a lot to the media, did lots of TV interviews and eventually the Home Office realised that actually they'd made a huge mistake and it wasn't safe for Agnesa to return to Kosovo. So she was released and she joined our wee crusade and we went on and on raising awareness about what happened. Now, something that I'm really proud of is that the Scottish refugee place in Glasgow credited us with ending child detention because of our campaign. That's something I'm really proud of to, to have been a part of. Thank you. <laughs> after that, it just gets a bit crazy, right? <laughs> so after that, we're kind of getting on with our lives. You know, we're going to these anti-racist demos. We're getting together. We're still pals. I'm still going to Amal's house and eating our samosas and all that. We're having a nice time. And then... This big director gets in touch and says, girls, I want to turn your story into a musical on stage. And we were like, how are you going to put jazz hands into stories about Lasses with Drum Chapel, about Don Raids and all that? But you know, that's what she did. She, um, she put the Glasgow Girls on stage as a musical. So someone plays me in a musical um, that's toured the UK. Someone plays Emma. It's pretty surreal. And then the BBC gets in touch and says, we want to turn your story into a BBC drama. And so someone's played me. Actually, Erin um, Armstrong that, that's in Shetland plays me in a BBC drama. So it's all pretty crazy. Anyway, I just wanted to come up and tell you a bit about my story. And I'm all in on this story and trying to raise awareness about anti-racism and trying to encourage people to make a stand and know that you can actually make a change if you want to. If seven wee lassies from Drumchapel can stand up, speak their mind and end child detention, then you can do anything, honestly. Thank you. Thanks for listening to our Jerry's Open House special. We know Sailor Jerry is the tastiest rum around, but please remember to respect his legacy and drink responsibly. If you want to learn more about Sailor Jerry's Spice Rum or the man himself, visit SailorJerry.com or check out their Facebook, facebook.com forward slash SailorJerryUK. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.